Thanks for listening. The following audio is a teaching from Calvary Tucson's Young Adult Ministry, Ignition. For more teachings, information, or if you'd like to support our ministry, please visit us online at ignitiontucson.com. We pray you're blessed by the message. Let's go to verse 9. When Leah saw that she'd stopped bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as wife. And Leah's maids, Zilpah, bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, a troop comes. So she called his name Gad. Gad means troop, like a soldier. Leah's maid, Zilpah, bore Jacob a second son. And Leah said, I am happy, for the daughters will call me blessed. So she called his name Asher. And Asher means happy, which is like the most hippie name of all time, right? Happy, like I'm just going to name. I had, a, I had a, a friend in high school. Her name was Ocean. Like, that's a hippie name. This is like another one of those like 70s. Does anyone have like a friend like that that's like just a weird like, like feather? Your name's Feather or something like that. I don't know. I don't, won't get too into that. But yeah, Asher's name is, is Happy. And God's name is Truth. Once again, why are, why are they fighting? Where's the competition coming from between Rebecca and Leah? Because when Rebecca had kids, she's like, you know, uh, you know my sister, forget her. This is what, this is this, this is that. And now Leah's having kids with her or through her uh, maidservant, and she names one of them Troop. Like, literally, we're going to war with each other. That's what she's pretty much saying is, I'm literally calling my son war with my sister, who's three halls down the left. Uh, there's a live, love, laugh, or a live, laugh, love sign. Just turn right at that sign, and you'll get to her room, right? That's pretty much what's going on. And I want to read James 4, 1 through 3 with you guys and get into these cross-references really quick. It says, where do wars and fights come from among you? I want you guys to flip there. If you guys got your Bibles, James 4, 1 through 3. If you got your phones, pull this out because this is, this is the stuff you, that we all need, you know. Where do wars and fights come from? Do they not come from our own desires and pleasures that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot attain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may send it, or that you may, um, bad handwriting, it on your pleasures. Spend it on your pleasures. <laughs> um, but once again, where do wars and fights come from among you? Challenge for you guys. Next time you get in a fight with one of your friends, think about why is this fight happening? Why, what, what do I want from this? And you'll start to realize kind of the selfish things that we do on a very regular basis and some of the ambitions we have on a very regular basis. And this verse, I think, shows what's going on very perfectly with these two sisters who are literally engaging. It. Well, they're not literally engaging war, but they're saying we're going to go to war. I'm naming my son True. I want to go on to the positive. Let's go to John 15, 7. You guys don't have to flip there. I, you know, it's up to you. You guys can write it down, whatever you want to do. John 15, 7 says, Jesus talking, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. If you abide in me and I in you, ask. And that sounds very prosperity, right? Like he's saying, oh, ask and, and you'll receive. Yeah, the Bible says that, ask and you'll receive. But it does say, there's a little, little asterisk. The asterisk says, whatever you, when you abide in me. 
Because when you abide in Jesus, and when you trust Jesus, and you're living by faith, your desires are going to line up with God's desires. Your desires aren't going to be financial. Your desires aren't going to be, um, you know, a personal gain relational type of thing. But they're going to be what God wants you to have. And there's been times where I prayed and I didn't get something. And I felt like that's what God wanted for me or that's something that God wanted me to have. And I'm talking about my wife. Uh, my wife, when we first started dating, I was praying for her to, for us to have a relationship. And I spent a long time praying for that relationship. A long time. And I don't think I would have my relationship with her if I wouldn't have done that praying. And I wouldn't have spent that time talking to God and making my request known. And I think that's a really important thing. And I know prosperity is not good. I'm not saying that. But I'm also saying you guys need to ask God for things. You need to talk to God and come to him in confidence. Not, not for cars, but for things that are important. Things that last forever. Things that God wants us to have. God wants to bless us. We should be praying that God pours those blessings out upon our lives. The last thing I want to read was Philippians 4.6. I'm going to flip there with you guys so you guys can flip there with me. Uh, Philippians 4.6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And when we're in difficult times and we're going through tough stuff like infertility, which is something I, I pray that no one goes through, but it happens. When you're going through infertility, I think the best thing you can do is be anxious with nothing, but thank God and let your request be known to God. And say, God, you've given me so much. I have everything I possibly need. I want this. I really want this, but I have what I need. And I'm thankful for that. And here is my request. I want to make it known to you. And every time I felt like that, that feeling like, man, I just, I want that. I really want that. And it's, it's in line with God's will, which is hard to see. It's hard to know. But if you feel like that's God's will, pray for it. Pray that God will bless you with that and bless you with that. If, if it's a relationship, it's a relationship. Um, you know, if it's whatever it may be, if, if that's what it is, I want you guys to pray for that. I want you guys to lift those things up to God. And um, if God says no, God says no. And you move on. And, and the best way you can think about it is God's probably saving you for something better. God's saving you for something better down the line and, and something greater. But I can tell that um, these ladies are not coming to God with prayer and supplication, that they're not thankful for what they have, and they're kind of ruining their lives through this. Verse 14 says, Now Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field. A mandrake is like a root plant, Okay really, I don't know, root plant. What are you going to do with that? I, well, probably some good stuff, but root plant. Anyone ever use a mandrake before for anything? Exactly. Okay, there we go. Uh, so found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. You know, I, that's a nice way of asking, right? Please. She said, please. That's good, right? Uh, her response is, but she said to her, is it a small matter that you have taken my husband away? Would you take my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, therefore, he will lie with you tonight for your son's mandrakes. What? So, so she says, please, can I have some mandrakes? She said, oh, now you're going to take my mandrakes just like you took my husband? 
where did that come from, Leah? Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you know what? Rachel's like, you know what? Here's the deal. I'll let you sleep with Jacob tonight. Can I have the mandrakes now? How weird is this? How weird is this family? Live, laugh, love. You just see it now. Live, laugh, love. So, so what happens? Of course, verse 16, the, you know, there's the neck, the head of the house. What do you think the head of the house is going to do in this situation? So when Jacob came out of the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him. And really quick. This sounds a lot more manly than it is. Remember, Jacob isn't Esau, the tough, buff, hairy guy. Jacob's the scrawny heel snatcher. That's what his name means, heel snatcher. Esau's name, his brother, it means hairy. This is heel snatcher. This is like the scrawny brother. I don't know what he's doing out in the field, but he's not doing Esau work, right? He's not like doing like some honcho man work, but he's coming out of the field, you know. I don't know what he's doing. Probably looking at the mandrakes. I don't, who knows? <laughs> Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come into me, for I am surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. And he's okay with it for whatever reason. Now, and now we realize, I just realized this, now I realize why Jacob got deceived by Laman. Because he's not the sharpest tool in the shed right now. And like he's showing that. And so he goes in and he sleeps with Leah, verse uh, 17, and God listened to Leah and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. God is so merciful because I'd be so done with his family. But God's listening to them. They're listening to them complain. Funny story. I just went to middle school camp. Where's my middle school camp? There's some middle school camp. They went there too. Uh, Were you there on the hike? Were you on the hike? I lost 70 kids on a hike in the middle of the woods. Okay. Well, I didn't lose them. I got lost with them. So I was leading the hike, right? And we got lost. I made the wrong, I was following this sixth grader who was very convincing. And he said, we got to go this way. To my, to my uh, credit, my map that the camp gave me to get to this lake, it was a hike to the lake. We got to the lake, first of all. They said, this is my instructions. It was a printed map, a Google Earth print of a line that like zigzagged through the forest. There's no path. There's no, like, there's nothing on Google Earth that's just trees. And it just zigzags through the forest. It's like the, the worst map of all time, okay? I, I don't know what to do with it. I, I saw it and I was like, are you kidding me? And they're like, just turn at the broken tree. And I was like, okay, we'll see. And I, I have ADD, so I forgot about it. And then I saw a broken tree. I was like, we got to turn. And so I was, they're like, are you sure? And I have, remember, I have 70 kids behind me. So I was like, I got to make a quick decision. I'm like, yeah, I got to turn. So we turned. We get to the lake. Well, on the way back, I didn't really, you know, I'm pretty good with directions, but I guess not. I can't really say that anymore. But I'm following this kid, and I'm like, hey, we got to turn left right here. And he's like, no, we got to turn right. I remember that bridge. And I was like, okay, I don't remember anything like two hours ago. Well, I'll follow you. And so I followed him. Next thing you know, we're like, <laughs> we're like an hour out in the middle of nowhere. And this biker shows up, and he's like, dude, you're like, you're like a solid hour from where you're trying to get. And remember, we hiked with like enough water for a 15 minute hike and we're out in the middle of nowhere and I like I looked on my map which I on my phone which I should have done at the beginning and saw that the camp was like like a mile that way and I was like I'm just going to walk all 70 of my kids straight to the camp and we literally went up a mountain through trees with 70 junior hires (laughs) down the mountain and found a road and I was like sweet let's go back to camp We're, we're good and uh the reason why I brought that up was because there was a lot of complaining 
And I imagine God, hearing all this complaining, would have been sick of what was going on because there was kids telling me they were going to die. Seriously, I'm, t- I'm just saying straight up. There's kids telling me they're going to die and like meant it. Looked me in my eyes and said, I'm going to die. And I was like, okay, I got to get this kid back. I don't know what's going on. I gave all my water. My water is gone. I think I'm going to die. If a kid dies, I'm definitely going to die. Um, but I was super nervous. And God, in this situation, dude, I got the most, I got the best perspective from that story because, or from that experience, because I never got complaints that hard in my life. Because for the first 20 minutes, no one's complaining. And then the last 40 minutes of like me getting lost, everyone's like yelling, we're lost, we're lost, we're lost. And I'm like, we'll figure it out. Like all paths lead to camp, right? That's the way it works. We'll just keep following this. And um, yeah, I've never gotten so many complaints in my life for that like 90 minutes stretch. And uh, I can see God right now just being so frustrated, but he's not. He's a merciful God. He's a just God, but he's also merciful and gracious. And he goes into the situation and listens and hears Leah's heart. And Leah, I feel like I'm team Leah in this. I, know, I don't know why I'm taking teams, but I'm taking Leah's side. I feel bad for Leah, a cow, because she's, she's not loved by her husband. And I, I just feel bad for her because like, she, I, I, like, she got tricked. Like she got tricked with her dad, her dad tricked Jacob, and now she's in this situation. She's in a really tough, I think she's in the hardest situation out of everybody, but God's listening to her. God's hearing her out and hearing her heart that she needs comfort and she needs love from, she thinks her husband, and she's getting these blessings. And so we get, um, what verse are we at right now? Verse 17, she uh, bore Jacob a fifth son. Verse 18, Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have given my maid to my husband. So she called his name Ishakar. So once again, she's thinking this is a good thing. I gave my maidservant to my husband and now I'm being blessed because of it, which is not right, right? We know that's not right, that that's a wrong thing to do. God is still blessing it still, which we'll get to in a second. But then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with good endowment. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. So she called his name Zebulon. And let's get to those meanings really quick. They're kind of in the text and they're kind of like not too for some of them. So um, Ishakar means wages and Zebulon means dwelling. Uh, so those are their names. Those are the meanings behind them. Like I said, I'm, I like the Hebrew names, so I'm going to keep reading them to you guys. I don't know how many of you guys like them as much as I do, but I think they're really interesting. Um, Let's keep going. That's uh, verse 20, verse 21. Afterward, she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah. And Dinah is going to pop up in some chapters to come. Um, I'll let Sean take that message. That's, that'll be a fun one, too. These are all fun. These are great. This family's awesome. <laughs> so I'll let you take care of that one. Uh, Dinah will pop up in the next chapter, too. Uh, verse 22. Then God remembered Rachel... And God listened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord shall add to me another son. Sometimes in the Bible, it says stuff like God remembered. And of course, we know God's always thinking of us, right? God is thinking about us. 
And that's just kind of from our view what we see. And the other time we see this is actually, I believe, in Exodus chapter 1, where God remembers the people of Israel, and the people of Israel, right before God remembers them, cries out to God. In, in their slavery, they say, God, we need your help. We want to get out of here. And God remembered the people of Israel and sends Moses to them. And it's, it's crazy, but when we reach out to God, when we cry out to God, he hears us. There's a verse, I'm not going to be able to find where it is or give you the address for it, but it says that God counts our tears. He has our tears, not just counted, but he has a bottle that he keeps our tears in, that he knows our heart. He knows our pain, the things that we've gone through. And the hurts we've been through. And so when Rachel gets this blessing and, and Joseph, what's Joseph's name? Uh, Joseph means, uh, what does Joseph mean? Does it say here? Yeah, he shall add to me. The Lord shall add to me. And eventually Rachel will have his last son, ben, Benoni. You guys know Benoni? You guys are like, what, Benoni? What are you talking about? That's what Rachel called Benjamin at first. He called or she called him Benoni. I have a son named Benoni. It means son of my sorrow. Just kidding, my son's Benjamin, just like, uh, just like the Bible name. But Benoni means son of my sorrow because Rachel actually dies in childbirth when she's giving birth to her last son. Her, she had two kids. She had Joseph. She had Benjamin. It originally calls her Benoni, and Jacob's like, hey, man, we're not going to stick with that name. We'll do son of my right hand, Benjamin, which I think fits a little bit better. I, when, we were, when we were giving birth, he, my son was born. We didn't have a name for him yet. Um, this was in January. We didn't have a name for him, and we had all these different thoughts. And I was like, Benoni, we got to do Benoni. We've been up until 6 a.m. We were up through the night. This is son of my sorrow, right? And she's like, No, we're doing Benjamin. So that got vetoed. Uh, just kidding. I wasn't going to do that to my son. That'd be pretty messed up. But we got son of sorrow, uh, son of my right hand now. Lots of weird names. I like Cal. That's my favorite one. I'm sticking with that. That's my favorite one. So, with that said, we arrive to where I'm going to finish up and where I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm good with this being the end, where we're at. And on a, a good note, right? Um, this, is, this is a pretty messed up family, if you ask me. And they do a lot of really bad things. Like this is, I wouldn't even say like, I've been saying like 101 of what not to do, but this is like, we, do we really need to go over this? Like don't marry your or like cousin and her sister at the same time and sleep with their maids? Do we really have to go over that? No, I don't think we really have to go over that. But what I want to point out is that these are the tribes of Israel. These are the people that God is going to choose to use for all of history. This is, these, are, these are God's people, the beginning of God's people. And it begins in this house, this crazy house, And the encouragement I have for you guys is although we make mistakes, God doesn't give us what we deserve. God's merciful and God is gracious to us. And if we got what we deserved, our destination, to be honest, is hell. Our destination is a bad life on earth and hell. But because Jesus Christ lived on this earth and he died on the cross for us, everything is completely changed. And now we don't just have an opportunity to have a relationship with God and to be restored and renewed because we can make mistakes, 
But God is going to, when we repent from those, God forgives us of those mistakes and he makes us new again as if nothing ever happened. And I know people look around like, that's the crazy live, laugh, love family. But God looks at you as you're a clear slate, you're a clean slate. You are a new creation in Christ and in Jesus. And that's how God views you. And you view yourself like worse than God views you. God views you better than you view you. And I know that's what God's doing with this family. God's looking at this and saying, I want to bless this family. Not because of who they are, not despite, or not because of, you know, whatever they've done, but because I want to use this family. And not only that, in addition to that, God often, always uses people who fall short to show how great he is. And so if you're in here thinking, man, I, I don't have what it takes to live by faith and that's a hard thing that every Christian is called to do, right? Every Christian in this room, if you're a believer, you are called to live by faith and not by sight. And some of you guys are like, well, I didn't sign up for that. I signed up for like the platinum package, Christianity. There is no platinum package. It's gold package only. And you're going to serve Christ with all your heart, right? And Jesus said, or God says right here, not right here, but God's saying, I want you to live by sight. I want you to live by your faith. And I know you can't see it, but I want you to do great things. Um, and the last thing I want to say, and going back to um, just the root issue, what I believe is the root issue in this family, it's the fulfillment thing. It's that they're trying to fulfill themselves with Jacob, and that's not going to work. And any relationship you guys ever get in or ever are part of, and even me personally, in my marriage, my fulfillment does not come from my wife. My fulfillment comes from Jesus Christ. And when you guys go into relationships, it's hard because you're like, man, I care about this person. They're my everything. I would die without them. Like, like uh, Rachel said at the beginning, give me children or I die. She's finding her, her fulfillment in her children. That's not what we find our fulfillment in. We find our fulfillment not in our works, not in anything other than Jesus Christ dying and, and forgiving us of our sins and our relationship with him from this point until the end. And so whatever it is in your life that you may be replacing and putting idolatry in the way and putting things in the way of him, it's time to move it. It's time to remove that from your life. And it's time to get that out and refocus on God. Amen? All right, we're going to do another worship song, yeah? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to lift up tonight and um, this Bible study. And, you know, Lord, there's lots of stuff going on here, but we know that you're behind everything and that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And, Lord, we know that you love us and you have a plan for us and that um, you care about us. And while everybody's uh, eyes are closed, and heads are bowed. I want to give everybody an opportunity in this room um, to receive Jesus if you haven't done that yet. And I'm not going to ask you guys to stand up or raise your hand. I just want you to do um, something simple. I just want you to, one, recognize that Jesus lived as a man on this earth. He lived a perfect life. He lived a sinless life. And he died for your sins. And he is the payment, the propitiation for your sins. He is what is going to take your sins. There's nothing you can do, right? We talked about that earlier. There's nothing you can do. It's all what Jesus did on the cross. 
I want you to recognize that. I want you to repent and turn from your sins and the things that you've been doing. You've been living for yourself. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're saved today and you just need to come back. And you need to, or maybe there's just something you're like, you know what, God, I need to get rid of that. I got to stop playing games right now. I need to remove that from my life. Right now is a good time to turn that to God and turn away from it. And the last thing I want you to do, if you've never done this before, is receive Jesus into your heart. And you don't, have to, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. You just have to believe it in your heart. You know, God hears your heart. God understands what you're thinking and what you're going through right now. And if that's something you need to do, it's time to come to Jesus. And maybe if you need to come back to Jesus, it's time to come back. And so, Lord, you know, we lift these things up to you, Lord. We lift up our sin. We don't want to sin. We want to follow you. We want to do the things that you've called us to do. We always and often fall short, Lord. But we know you love us. We know you paid for our sins. And we pray that you forgive us of those things so that we can live for you and do what you want us to do and not what we want to do. And we thank you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Hey everyone, Pastor Sean here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're hearing this and you'd like to give your life to the Lord now, I invite you to take the next step. Text the words, ready for Jesus to 94,000 and we can follow up with you. One of our leaders will be able to contact you and get you some free resources to help you grow in the faith. We invite you to come out to our in-person services every Thursday evening at Calvary Tucson's East Campus in the coffee shop area. We meet at 6.30 p.m. for coffee and our service starts at 7 p.m. In the meantime, keep reading, keep praying, and keep worshiping. God bless you.